Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully, so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com fool. It's Monday, November 6th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me in studio, we've got Matt Argersinger from Motley Fool Million Dollar Portfolio and Ron Gross from Motley Fool Total Income. Gentlemen, hey, welcome. Hey, hey Matt. Matt. I'm good. I'm very, very good. Are you feeling it? Oh, always. Okay, well, we have lots I don't even to know talk what that about. Means. <laughs> <laughs> it's Monday. I mean, come on. We're going to talk about the latest from Warren Buffett. We're also going to talk accessories, handbags, you know. It's our, our expertise. Absolutely our expertise. But let's begin with a big potential takeover. Broadcom wanting to buy Qualcomm for $130 billion. Ron, if this deal is accepted, it would be the biggest ever takeover in the tech industry and would make the new company the world's third largest chip maker behind Intel and Samsung. What do you think? Just a little tuck in acquisition. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> So, definitely not my area of expertise from a technology perspective, but two of the largest makers of wireless communication chips for mobile phones, I guess that makes sense for them to combine and try to uh, take over the world. I bet Intel is um, a little bit nervous here. They're trying to diversify into that uh, smartphone technology as well. Um, But it remains to be seen whether this deal can get done, both from the perspective of Qualcomm doesn't want it to get done, and as well as there could be antitrust um, concerns here because it will kind of reshape the competitive landscape of the industry. So, when you say Qualcomm doesn't want it to get done, take us through that dynamic. You worked on Wall Street. If Qualcomm doesn't want this to happen and Broadcom, Broadcom does, then how does that play out? So, some of it's speculation because we don't have exact details out of the mouths of, of management, but it appears that Broadcom did approach Qualcomm management at some point, but then came out with an unsolicited offer. So, uh, they didn't come to terms uh, at a table. They just came out and said, we would like to buy you, and here's, here's what we're offering. Um, it appears that Qualcomm will probably think that that is undervaluing their company and not be interested. But, but we've, I've also seen um, that Broadcom would be potentially willing to threaten a proxy fight to try to get members on Qualcomm's board, which will then perhaps be able to push the deal through. So, there could be some nice juiciness going on in the coming months. Everyone loves a good proxy yeah. fight. Matt, what do you think? Well, I, I just wonder, with you this this massive deal, which is not only the biggest telecom deal but the biggest technology chip deal of all time, 130 billion. iPhone 10 out this past week. I just wonder, have we reached peak smartphone? In other words, the reason these two companies are combining, obviously, as Ron already mentioned, it's because this the smart the smartphone market is the market. It's it's the biggest market it's where the most valuable chips are for. It's what everyone's building for. And I just wonder. I just think uh, you know. Usually, a, a boom ends with some kind of big deal like this. You know that we look back on and say, "Well, that was the signal, right? That was the sign." And I just feel like this Broadcom Qualcomm deal might kind of has shades of that. So, is that a market call? November sixth peak <laughs> smartphone. I'm nice. not quite ready to make that call because, like, like Ron, I don't, I don't understand these companies very, very well, and I don't follow the chip space all that closely. But it feels like that kind of deal. Okay, Ron, as we wrap up here, as I mentioned, you ran a hedge fund on Wall Street. So, how about a good takeover story? Or it can be kind of a takeover gone wrong. Well, this reminded me of something very specific to what what we did once on a micro-cap level. we uh, were looking at a, owned a company called Register.com, um, a dom- domain name company still exists, and we had threatened a proxy fight because we wanted board representation, um, and we settled 
with them when they agreed to pay a special dividend, the cash dividend out to shareholders, and put us on the board. CEO stepped down at the same time. A couple years later, we put in an unsolicited bid to buy the entire company, um, and that was roundly rejected by them, <laughs> um, even though we did have board representation at the time. Fast forward, eventually, two years later, the company was taken private by Vector Capital, um, and uh, we, I believe, maintained our board seats even after the company um, went private. So, in the end, it kind of all worked out from a capital gain perspective, making money perspective, but there was proxy fights and bids and hostile and unsolicited. It was a little bit of everything. And who plays you in the movie role? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's move on to Warren Buffett. After the market closed on Friday, guys, Berkshire reporting weaker than expected earnings. Probably not surprising here, Matt, given the hurricanes, the earthquake in Mexico, and the stock really not doing a lot today. Yeah, this was a big year for natural catastrophes. And of course, Berkshire has, if not the largest one, the biggest insurance and reinsurance businesses in the world. So, you have Hurricane Harvey, Irma Maria, great names, and of course, the earthquake in Mexico that you mentioned, $3 billion in operating losses because of those hurricanes. Now, if Berkshire was just a pure play reinsurance company, and this is all they did, this would be a pretty bad year for them. But because they're Berkshire Hathaway, and they, you know, their conglomerate with so many businesses, you know, if you look at it, uh, their earnings were missed, and they, they report a loss. But overall, the business is doing just fine. The industrial businesses and other owned businesses that Berkshire has is were flat or slightly up for the year in the quarter. Um, Berkshire, Berkshire Hathaway's book, book, book value per share, you'd expect after a loss like this, book value would fall. Book value per share is still up 9% through September from the end of the year. And so, again, this is why you own Berkshire. It's a, it's a great conglomerate of great businesses run by really good management. And by the way, a year like this usually causes a lot of pricing changes in the market that tends to favor Berkshire and other strong insurers. So, even though this is a short-term problem, long-term it could be better, actually, for Berkshire's business. Yep, I think that makes perfect sense. Even though operating earnings were down 29%, they still earned $3.4 billion after taxes, which is the reason that book value continues to rise, even though comparisons from last year's quarter to this year's quarter don't don't look so great. Important to mention that the insurance business is still growing from an, an earned premium growth perspective. They are writing more business, which is, is a sign of a healthy company. They can't control Mother Nature, so the underwriting losses took a big chunk out of earnings this time around, and that happens, and the insurance companies know it happens, and they kind of price those into the premiums. Um, this was perhaps worse than expected, because we got a, you know, a whole trifecta of badness. Um, but as Maddie said, the, you know, the other um, parts of the business, whether it's the railroads or the energy or the finance products, are all doing fine. Book value continues to grow. Um, stocks up, you know, fifteen percent year to date, only trading one point five times book value. So still, still pretty nice. And the stocks done okay over the years. So not not too shabby, not too shabby. As we wrap up here, Matt, we were talking before the show. How about a name or two of a potential kind of baby Berkshire right now? If someone's looking at Berkshire and they're like, I missed the boat. Maybe Berkshire is the next Berkshire. But what are some companies out there you think, hey, they could have that same potential? Well, we talk about Markel. A lot. So forget Markel for a second. There are a lot of other less heralded uh, companies that, that are kind of following the Berkshire model. One of them is Allegheny, ticker Y. Um, it's a mostly an insurance business, but again, has some private equity business. They also have a big investment in energy. Lowe's Corp, ticker L. There's something about these single ticker <laughs> symbols. Uh, Lowe's is run by the Tisch family, very successful track record conglomerate, very similar to Berkshire. And then if you want spicier small companies that are also in the Berkshire world, you've got Glory Holdings, a company that I know Ron and I know, <laughs> and a company called Boston Omaha, B O M N, which is a very small company that 
that's mostly in billboards now, but also kind of getting into other investments that's following the Berkshire model. Okay, that sounds good. Well, um, before we hit our next story, guys, I want to um, again mention that support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Chances are you're confident when it comes to your work, your hobbies, and your life. Well, Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com fool. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Okay, guys, let's wrap up by talking fashion. I think it's yes, fair to say do. we've oh, known each other for a know. long time. Yes. And is fashion the first word that comes to mind when you think of me? <laughs> Costco fashion. Thank you. Kirkland fashion. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, second word. I'll take it. Okay, so let's talk some Michael Kors. Shares of accessory retailer Michael Kors up big today, guys, after the retailer raised its sales and profit outlook. Ron, what gives? Yeah, you know, they they needed a good quarter because they've been kind of struggling. As has Coach, which is now called Tapestry. For those who have not been uh, following, that I did company. not know that. Yeah. Um, so not only has has Coors been kind of reinventing themselves in a certain sense, and backpacks are really strong for them now. But they're they're pulling back on discounts. They want people to pay full price, and and that's an interesting strategy because if it works, that's a, that's a great boost to gross margins. If it doesn't work, woof, as you would say, that that, that could be dangerous. Um, but both Coors and Tapestry have been kind of reinventing themselves through acquisition. Coors with Jimmy Choo, Coach with Stuart Weitzman and Kate Spade. Um, so th- these companies that have struggled, specialty retail is a notoriously tough business. They've been trying to kind of work their way out of it. And so far, at least for this quarter, Coors seems to have, have you know reinvigorated themselves. Matt, are you a believer? Well, I think investors just don't appreciate how cyclical these businesses can be. They don't seem like cyclical businesses, but they really are because as Ron pointed out, it's just you depend on hitting that right fashion style at the right time. And if you're behind or if there's another competitor that consumers and shoppers are just gravitating towards, you can be, your business can go really downhill fast. And I think that's what happened with with Coors and Tapestry over the past several years. But yeah, I think Coors's business might have hit an inflection point. Coms seem to be leveling out there. International business is growing. Um, I would just caution investors. You know this affordable luxury category. If you think about it, how many how many fashion brands can you think of that have been around for decades? Right. I thought I coming into the show. I, I had Nike, Levi's, Victoria's Secret, Target. Does that count? Uh, I don't know if I'd put that in there, but I'm just talking <laughs> about like fashion brands that have actually you know lived on beyond yeah. a few decades. Right. They're just I can't I can only name a few. Burberry came back to life. Nicely. Okay. So yeah. there's there's another one maybe, but it's just such a hard business to have a brand that shoppers resonate to for years and years and decades. And you know whether or not Coors is that type of business, I don't know. Well, I am living proof because I went out a few months ago and bought shares of J. Jill. Yeah. My wife wears J. Jill, and I think the clothes look great, and I think my wife looks great. And I said, you know what? I don't know as much about the company as I should, but I'm going to go out and buy the shares. And it has not done well. So there doesn't appear <laughs> well, yeah. to be a connection take, between take how I think my wife looks and how the stock well, looks. Take a look at a long term chart of a company like Ann Taylor, and you'll see how hard the specialty retail oh, wow. is. And yeah. meanwhile, Crocs is just been on fire lately. Lights out. It's fine. Yeah. And, and, and that coincides with me wearing Crocs in public. So I'm going to take <laughs> oh, credit for that. <laughs> I know that's a cry for help. Okay, guys. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, thanks Mac. Mac. As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.